0: Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host Eddie. How's it going, Eddie?
1: Not too bad. Uh, had a new mode this week and got a busy week coming up.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's a uh, the heat is on, as they say. Yes. Yep. Yeah.
1: And we, we had an interesting uh, week with the new banner, which we'll discuss later yeah, on.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely talk about that. But speaking of banners, we've got a, still got the Bridal Blessings uh, banner going until tomorrow, the 24th, and that's the last of the revivals there for the bridals. But then we also have weekly revival banners uh, till June 27th from a future well, No, pat- that's
1: October 27th. The revival banners are... Uh, rotating weekly, I just figured instead of saying, oh, this is number three, this is number 4 but just oh. mark it down and have them running, resetting every Sunday until October.
0: Okay, well, there you go. So the weekly revival banners, once a week, running until October 27th. Uh, from resetting a future- every Sunday. Resetting every Sunday. Uh, from a future past, we've got June 27th new power running until the 24th summer returns until august 9th plenty of time and summer's arrival until july 23rd and that's the first year's summer banner
1: no that is last year's first summer banner
0: okay perfect last uh, year oh right
1: summer should be starting in a day or two which is the first one
0: yeah this is one of those rare i think it's the is it the only special event where we get two per year
1: uh so far, yes, okay, interesting well uh as al- i guess I guess if you count the brave redux banner or whatever the um almost heroes we get two you know banners from the choose your legends yeah, I would if you count the brave redux or whatever you wanna label the second set as, but they're not together like this and they're normal heroes in the normal pool,
0: yeah. So. But I would still count that. That seems pretty reasonable. So uh, Brave, as well as Summer Banners, get two per year. Uh, but, I, but I do want to know how your efforts went in summoning on the Summer Banner, because we all know that's that's what we're here to discuss this week.
1: Uh, yeah, I uh, quickly want to note that I did get a random five-star loop off of last week's Revival Banner, and nothing from the two banners that dropped this morning, which was the this week's Revival Banner and the... Um, Summer Arrival Banner. Uh, but I did have about 150 orbs at the start of the week. I got pity broken with a uh, Flyer Olivia, Barn and Swordheart before getting a Gunthra. I did, uh, manage to get a Leg Yarn before running out of orbs. For now, um, you know, knowing me, I'm the collector, especially of the Seasonal Heroes, so I'm gonna keep at it, but as we have, like, a month and a half for this banner, uh, not a giant rush no Um, you know probably gonna save my uh, tempest trials orbs well i might save them i might not save my tempest trial orbs for the legendary banner that should be starting it on friday but we'll see how that ends up going
0: yeah i'll probably be so i i spent all my orbs um and and i'll probably be saving from the Tempest Trials and whatnot, just to see what the legendary banner brings us. Because again, like a banner going until au- start of August. Like I know July's around the corner, but still like that's that's, that's a beefy amount of time. Is that the longest a banners ever kind of like sat around?
1: I believe so. And I think I know the reasoning for this whole thing. It's because we're do- they're doing two summer banners. So I think they're planning to keep this uh, new summer banner until the second summer banner ends. Mm-hmm. Uh, possibly doing another summer voting gauntlet at the end of august
0: that makes sense to me and i and i think that you know not knowing what the legendary hero will be and what's on that banner it might be worth just holding on to those orbs i know for me i like to get one unit per banner if i can but sometimes if the banner has no heroes i'm interested in I'm, i'm fine holding off uh, uh,
1: so I'm guessing you skip this banner. You don't care about any of these heroes, right?
0: No, I, you know, to be honest, I, I know we've talked a lot about the Summer Units in the past, and I think that the fact that they've went with all heroes from you know original content for Fire Emblem Heroes is really cool. I'm not as big on the Mooseville heroes, but I do like the Niffle heroes. So um, I did end up getting Gunthra. I had about 160 orbs, and I dropped that all on the Summer Unit banner and i was aiming for summer gunthra and finally got her uh and she was my only five star after 160 orbs so wow. i was kind of like at the end of it all i was like oh okay um I, you know I'll, that's success in my books in terms of how summoning works in this game right like you have a, a huge yep. chunk of orbs and if you get one five star hero that you're at least looking forward to that's a win and I, I think you gotta have yeah. to, you have to look at it that way, or else you'll, you'll drive yourself crazy, literally. I think.
1: Yeah, RNGesus is quite evil and vindictive at times, or maybe not vindictive is the right word because I don't know if you did anything to piss off the RNG gods, but you know. I don't think so. Yeah. It's kind of funny. I got like in my 150 awards, I got like four, five stars. Three of them ones I already had that were pretty breaks, and you know with. Uh, building up orbs from you know doing story quests I never completed and stuff managed to grab a leg yarn mm-hmm. and yet you only got one five star so yeah, that's that's the downside of RNG
0: it is yeah and funny enough last week's banner we discussed the uh, r- r- from a future past banner I wasn't interested in anyone in the banner and I just happened to get a, a gnaw uh, from my last forging bonds ticket the one I hadn't earned yet I think it was like right after we finished recording, I went and finished off that uh, those first summon tickets and got one, uh, got nah, and you know, you know, I chalk it up as a win, you know.
1: Yep, it was answering the question: Am I going to keep summoning another spanner? Nah.
0: (laughs) Definitely. I mean, I had already checked out before we even started summoning. I mean, it wasn't; it just wasn't my cup of tea. Like for some reason, the children units in any of the games, they just don't. They don't have a lasting appeal for me because I experience them less by design, you know, in the game. They show up later, so it makes sense.
1: As much as I kind of enjoy the children units, there's a part of me that's... If, either hoping they don't bother with children units in three houses, or if they do them, they have a better explanation than Fates did.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, like... We've certainly touched on the subject before, especially during our E3 week where we talked about the five-year time jump and that not really being enough time to seriously discuss children units. I know in Fates they uh, use the deep realm. Especially
1: since, you know, the um, Treehouse stuff indicated you can't marry the units until the f- after the jump. Hmm. From what, I, from what it sounded like, maybe you could, but it sounded like, you know... There are certain support conversations that are locked until the war phase.
0: Yeah, maybe some so, relationships don't culminate until after that war phase.
1: But- also, if you think about it, I mean, I guess if they're taking it as it's a college campus and not a high school campus, it, um, you know, it's a in li- even not calculating that the fact that you're their professor. It's a little <laughs> weird if you go in seduce a student
0: and yeah, there are definitely rules against those type of fraternizations uh but yeah we'll we'll definitely see what what future brings i don't know they have not hinted at it They've uh, Not hinted at it yeah it's weird it, it would you be upset if children units aren't in three houses
1: no because there's no logical reasoning behind it
0: yeah It would pretty much be a shoehorned in type thing. I think if it was there, unless they had some. Kind of was with
1: Fates with Awakening and the storyline they were telling, it fit very well. I mean, the entire Fates storyline or Awakening storyline hinged on a child unit coming from the past to try and change her future. Mm -hmm. So that there are others there that join as well makes sense. Yeah, the whole. Deep realms, being the quote-unquote only safe place, yet almost every deep realm we go to has someone or something fighting or attacking the kids, even though it's allegedly safe, seems illogical. I can understand you know, trying to have somewhere where the war can't quite reach them, but there are certain points deep in the territories that, in theory, should be as safe as those deep realms seem to be. Yeah, that then you don't have you know one day being two years in a you know cranky child because of it
0: yeah i don't know we'll have to see what they do Uh, honestly i'm not i'm not too worried about it i'm really excited to experience what they've already showed us and, and if there are no children units that's fine um i don't even need you know marriage per se but i know people would would probably riot if they didn't have you know those s ranks and a plus ranks so i think it'll be there um but we'll we'll definitely have to wait and see uh but yeah that's that's going to do it for summons eddie let's talk about events coming up in the next week and then we're going to get to the big topic
1: yep um we have the tempest trial that'll bring us Yilger breaking the ice starting tomorrow uh subtitled a promise of joy the Heroes with Skill or Chill Skills banner, starting on the twenty fifth. Uh, the Elysian Summer revival that would be the Summer One banner, uh, starting on the twenty sixth, uh, as well as Encore Tap Battle. Uh, no clue if that's another one of the reruns or if it's you know some new Tap Battle titled named Encore. But <laughs> got that coming on the 26th as well. On the 27th, we have the voting government login bonus, and possibly banners. Uh, don't know for sure on that. Uh, they've been putting a lot of banners uh, in the thing. Like, we knew this was probably going to be a summer banner since we had the summer re- uh, revivals listed. Uh, but that's all starting on the 27th. Uh, Friday, on the 28th, we have the Legendary Hero banner in uh, battles that go along with that and as soon as the um bound hero battle with Ike and soren finishes on the 29th we'll have Nesala returning with a grand hero battle we Mm-hmm. so quite a jam-packed week something happening every day
0: yeah that's good that's what we like to see especially with maybe some extra orbs coming our way through much much grinding ahead uh, but that moves into our topic, and we kind of debated when we were going to talk about this, uh, just because it's very gameplay related. But there's also a, a new mode called Rooker Sieges, and it started things off with a little bit of story, where we finally got to meet Thor, the um, datamined image of a character that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And uh, Thor appears and doesn't bring the thunder, question mark. I mean, maybe we will see in in a near future chapter if she does. But the intro to Roker sieges. Go ahead.
1: I was going to say, it's more like, you know, you expect Thor to be fighting Loki, but she's not exactly fighting Loki.
0: Yeah, she's, uh, she's more indifferent about Loki in the fact that Loki is just causing her trouble. You know, like, less less upset and more like... Not not even so much causing her trouble. Just causing the world yeah. trouble, I guess.
1: Just, well, you know, Thor, I think it's a common thing for uh, Norse mythology. Thor is very much about, you know, order and responsibility, and Loki has kind of always been kind of chaotic. So, you know, that that's what it's kind of, you know... They're kind of at odds to begin with, Mm -hmm. you know. You kind of see it in the um, Marvel movies where Loki is a bit more fluid and tricky, and you know he's a Loki is a trickster demon or a trickster god, and you know you we half figured with the look that Thor and Loki would be on opposing sides Mm -hmm. because Loki, you know, we've I've long suspected Loki is not. you know, when she first appeared and everyone was talking about her being Muspelian, I I long suspected she wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I fully believe the twist we saw where, yeah, she doesn't really care about Surtur. He was a means to an end. Um, you know. I, I kind of figured that fairly early on, partially because of the outfit differences. And we never knew who Loki was actually working for. You know, and here, we actually find out that thor is working for the same loki and thor are working for the same boss it's just thor doesn't like loki's method of doing what they're supposed to do
0: yeah i thought that was an interesting revelation that they're kind of working together and have a similar goal they just you know they have a disagreement on their methods but we did get a mention of who they're working for which is alf, alf- alfador or kind of a play on all father which is odin essentially in either the, you know, the it, has, or it has
1: weird accents so it might even pre- be pronounced alpha or Al-father.
0: yeah they like to make our life difficult but yeah it's it's interesting i thought it was a really cool story setup to give us more kind of backstory for loki but also progressing that segment of the story because loki's been around since the very beginning of the game so well, not the beginning the beginning of book two but yeah oh, she wasn't she she was in book one was she not she played somebody if she, was she was in
1: book one i i thought that we didn't see loki until the opening trailer for book two which is why people thought she was part of Muspel.
0: i thought for some reason she, she she didn't appear in book one but she was pretending to be someone she in was, book one
1: you're right she did pop up and i think maybe like end of book one she popped up chatting with veronica and veronica figured her out mm-hmm. but we never saw her actual self
0: no like we figured she was an imposter like she was pretending i i can't remember that yeah. it's been a while but now i'm kind of it's second been guessing a while myself. As well,
1: so i think you are right that she did pop up near the end of book one but we didn't actually see the character design if we have even seen it yet because you know loki being a shapeshifter mm-hmm. this does this, this outfit may be you know fake as well for all we know
0: yeah we don't we don't but, really know
1: so yeah we find out that both her and thor have a job that the all father or Alphador has given them and i have a crazy idea on what it might be what's that i think she's here to help ask her and embla together but ask her
0: So you think the Owlfather wants both of them to help Asker, but defeat Hell, maybe? Yeah, like,
1: toughen us up for something coming down the line, maybe?
0: Hmm, it's not a bad
1: idea. I mean, it's, you know, with Loki being all about chaos, this seems like, you know, sending tough enemies at us to get us to, you know, either maybe summon certain heroes or get us to strengthen our armies for something coming down the line.
0: certainly possible i think it's i think it's been done before and you know both in i think think in fire emblem as well as other games it's a common sort of trope of the whole Yeah, kind of like echoes
1: had that kind of thing um spoiler for echoes uh, (laughs) maybe skip ahead a minute or two if you don't want to hear the twist near the ending of the game but like rudolph plays the villain you know despite being the most noble of heroes in the game so that his son can be strong enough to defeat Duma.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Exactly. That's why it was ringing familiar. It's literally from a game in the Fire Emblem franchise that we we played quite yeah. recently.
1: <laughs> yep, yeah. and I think there are some in you know some uh, WoW stuff that does stuff like that too, where you know, like certain villains are attacking us because we need to be stronger. Yeah, type thing.
0: It's happening as we
1: are now. We're not going to be strong enough. Mm -hmm. although i think they're looking to take over and they'll form the stronger army but you know if not for them we wouldn't have been strong enough to defeat the next thing that came at us type of thing
0: right so it certainly leaves some interesting thoughts now i mean not to move away from story too quickly but i'm curious do you feel like we'll like tempest trials we'll get like a because we didn't get a closing to the intro to the story when when Similar to in Tempest Trials, where you get a bookending effect with the story. Do you feel like we're just going to get a new Rooker Sieges chapter each month, and then that's going to be the story continuation? Or do you think Thor pops up in the main game chapters at some point?
1: If they continue doing Rooker Sieges monthly, then I think we might get, you know, little tidbits every month. Um, I don't see Thor going into any other modes anytime soon. Mm-hmm. maybe Tempest Trials if she does go into another one but you know um, I don't see her appearing in story uh, you know anytime uh, right away mm-hmm. but maybe they will but you know
0: that's a good point about Tempest Trials because Loki pops up in Tempest Trials every once in yeah. a while right but Mast Marth seems every to be the, a while, but... the character Yeah, Mast
1: Marth seems to be the main character there which makes sense
0: Mm-hmm. yeah uh well now we'll that we got, around yeah now that we got story out of the way what what were your thoughts on the actual gameplay of Rucker sieges being a new mode
1: um I didn't realize how it worked at first I mean the actual gameplay of rocker sieges itself was simple enough um, those special skills they have are very annoying and I need to look into actually building a team specifically for Rooker Sieges. Mm-hmm. You know, get 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 Lissa in there on that mess and stuff like that, you know, get some healing in there and all. Um, I I just used my uh oh what you're calling My um Allegiance Battles team which probably wasn't perfectly designed, but I had I have like a dancer, uh Krom, X-Chrom, I think it's Spring-Chrom. And then the two Legendaries with a a secondary unit paired up with them. Mm -hmm. So, Might need to try and look into updating it, Um, but like, I didn't realize that the um, uh, damage rewards would reset every battle. I figured it was identical to Land Conquest, where you have one set of rewards for the entire event. So that was kind of nice that they reset it every battle.
0: Yeah, I missed. I think I maxed out the third battle, and it's like, it's based on like you said, damage dealt to the rooker, and I think it goes from twenty thousand being the first reward to two hundred thousand damage total, the last reward. Yeah,
1: and it's it's the damage that you personally deal to the rook. Yeah, allied not... armies
0: don't do anything. Exactly towards and your damage total. The way the battles work is kind of interesting. So you have your main team. And then I think on the preview screen, you can kind of see, like, you see, the, you see your main character that's in the team you've got selected. And then you see, like, other characters, I think, from your friends list. I, I can't really remember. And those are the guys, I think, that appear at the end of the mode. So you have to battle through seven stages, basically surviving the onslaught, trying to do enough damage to trigger the final allied strike. And I found, yeah. for most rookers, I was taking maybe one to two tries or one to two attempts to take them down fully. I think I was uh, on the... What
1: difficulty were you playing at? Uh,
0: intermediate. I, w- I kept suggesting intermediate, so I stuck with that. But, yeah, the advanced, I'm sure, would have taken yeah. a little longer.
1: It might have taken less if you survived the whole time. but um, True. Because, in theory, the damages are all multiplied even higher. Right. Um, I, I also played intermediate. I did like one on the top difficulty, and it was like, yeah, that she, you know, they nearly wiped me out in the first couple turns. So, yeah, I'm going to switch down a bit, get myself a little overpowered. Although, they're pretty overpowered as well, the Rookers. So,
0: Mm -hmm. and it's. No, I was going to say, I think I like the mode. Um, It's less. It's less involved than Grand Conquest, even though it is kind of set up in the same fashion where there's, like, three... There's three battles, but essentially each battle has many rookers because you're taking them out so quickly they replace them every once in a while. It's kind of weird that they've set it up that 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 way. It
1: it seems like...
0: I don't know if the six people you see
1: on your screen are the only six people that ever participate, or if, you know... There's a larger group in there. I guess if you have rankings up to hundred or 300 or so, there's at least 300 in there. But it seems like the Rooker, it somehow keeps cycling even when you're not playing. Mm-hmm. Like maybe every hour it does a certain amount of damage to it, or the five allies that are shown on your screen do a certain amount of damage to it, whether you're in there or not. Because there were a couple times in some of the battles where i'd have one rooker sitting there i'd come back later and it was a different rooker. so
0: yeah i did notice that as well where i kind of stepped away and and the rookers were kind of either shifting or losing health but um yeah it it is it's kind of it was kind of perplexing and i and i also had a similar experience where i wasn't sure how the quest rewards worked and there are daily rewards and that gets you your sort of your axe stamina reboost type thing but Unlike Grand Conquest, I was. It felt like I was. I would have been able to max out my rooker sieges rewards without having to really pour my heart and soul into getting all of the heart, uh, the heart, uh, sorry, the axe stamina refresh things. You know. Yeah, and
1: we can't really judge that right now because um, if you remember, I think it was the first round of Grand Conquest. It, was easier to max out there as well mm-hmm. and then they added a handful of tiers above where they stopped the first time which made it more likely you know i haven't i'm not sure if i quite maxed out the first time but i've come nowhere near close after that but that could also be my lack of playing it.
0: yeah but, no that, that is a very good point and maybe obviously they they like to you know um polish these modes in the second round and kind of give them some additional rewards and some additional layers of difficulty. So we'll kind of see where things go.
1: And I think, like, Tempest Trials showed them that it's probably better to start easy and uh, add difficulty afterward. Mm -hmm. Because, like, the first Tempest Trials, I couldn't stand it because, you know, it was so hard to get any score on that thing. I did not get my i don't even know if I got a four star mark that time
0: oh that's right it was the mass there was a lot of it was they didn't have like i think the multipliers that they have now right it was a bit of a yep, yeah,
1: like they added in the better multipli- multipliers for higher difficulties uh more difficulty levels, and then eventually they started adding in the um first two runs a day, get a three times multiplier mm-hmm. So, yeah, they made it a lot easier to get higher score, and also then they eventually trimmed it down to half as high to max out. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Tempest Trials Plus, when they combined the minis in the full size.
0: Yeah. So. Well, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I, I kind of I like where they're going. I like the idea of these quick raid battles where you're taking on you know, high-powered enemies, sort of like bosses. You know, we get the grand hero battles, but they're no different from, you know, normal battles. And the fact that these Rucker Sieges really turn a unit into a into a legit boss battle, I think I would be yeah. really interesting to see where they go from this because honestly, like, your Dumas, your Millas, your mythic heroes in general, like, they could do... They should do mythic hero battles in, this, in the style of Rooker sieges, but instead of you fighting a Rooker, you're fighting what is a god-like unit, right? Where a whole army takes has to take them out, similar to our our grand fight against Duma in Shadows of Valentia, well, Shadows of Valentia, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I understand. Um, I, I see what you're saying there, but there is a part of me that kind of prefers you not having to fight them like that. Mm-hmm. You know... I mean, I think that, you know, the um, grand hero battle method of legendary slash mythic battles is pretty decent, especially since it has a rule where you can't lose a unit. You know? Uh, maybe workers yeah. would be a better option, but it also, you know, I mean, I never got anywhere near doing enough damage to hit the cap on any of my uh, attempts at the Rooker.
0: mm mm-hmm you know so it'd be interesting to see them kind of do a little bit more with it but i i like what they've implemented so far and i look forward to playing more i was kind of bummed when it ended because i i think i kind of i kind of stayed away from it until the last battle and i was like oh okay yeah i better better really experience this so i'm I'm hoping it comes back sooner rather than later
1: yeah i hopped in a couple times first two battles i got up all my axes and since i didn't realize how the um that the you know s- rewards reset every time i had you know a ton of axes and then i was distracted trying to get through uh the game club stuff cuz work was crazy mm-hmm. that i never even got around to using up all those axes so
0: yeah well we'll see in the yeah. future, but uh, let's talk about our summer returns because we've got yes. some some interesting stuff to touch on for a little bit, and then we'll talk about yeah the it was
1: it was hectic like I said you know hectic week uh, not just at work but you know with the summer returns banner video <laughs> yeah well, as as is normal, everyone was expecting the summer returns banner video to show up on the Um, 28 hours before the um, banner launched. And yet that day came around and there was no banner video. Uh, Nothing at 11 p.m. Nothing at the reset. Nothing until four hours before the banner launched. Uh, There was a bit of a leak early in the the day after the video didn't show up. Which turned out to be correct. Um, But, I mean... From what I recall of the leaked images, I saw no changes between them and the end result. so
0: mm-hmm. some people were suggesting you know. maybe there was like a localization sort of issue and, uh, based on the leak um, but
1: well we did get info um, that there was an issue with the um, ether raids a uh, uh, heroes for next week yeah They're the bonus heroes for next week and um maybe there was some kind of issue in with gunthra in the original gunthra or one of the earlier gunthras where the coding in the system was giving issues and that's what they were trying to fix And luckily they fixed it in time so they didn't have to delay the banner yeah that'd be my best guess because we did get a note about that but nothing about the heroes
0: that note came out pretty quick, but I know it was causing quite a stir in the subreddit. Like, people were really worried. Yeah. You know, so um, luckily it didn't seem to change much of anything. It just maybe played with some people's expectations. But it was it was still a weird week, honestly, to see everyone yep. kind of freaking out. Uh, but in terms of our units, let's talk about what we've got here. Starting things off with Levitan <sighs> Bonfires Blaze. The second princess of Moosebill gets in on the summer fun as Levetain feels right at home in the summer heat. This green-tome flying unit wields body—oh, sorry—buoy board plus, where if a bonus granted by a skill like Rally or Hone is active on unit, grants attack slash resistance plus plus four during combat. She has a brand new A skill called Mirror Impact, where if unit initiates combat. Grants attack plus 6 and resistance plus 10 during combat, and foe cannot make a follow-up attack. Completing her kit is smite as an assist, def, uh, sorry, defense slash resistance link 3 in the B slot, and odd attack wave 3 in the C slot. So, Levitain, Bonfire's Blaze. Yes, if,
1: ha- yes, if you didn't, hadn't realized, this is a, um original character banner with spell and Nif- Nifl again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the new year's banner.
0: Yeah, it seems to be yeah. a common uh a common occurrence in what they're doing. They're really pulling yes. from book 2, the in the special heroes.
1: Which kind of makes sense cuz, you know, those units are done in the storyline and this gives you a chance to refresh, you know, minds about them before next year when they're 2 years old. Yeah.
0: Yeah, cuz they do they do tend to recycle out these these characters. Um, as we've experienced in Book 3, where they are nowhere to be found. Because uh, Levitain is still technically... Mm, she's still alive?
1: <laughs> yeah, I believe Levitain's the only one who survived. Um, right. So she's theoretically off-leading Spell. Although, on the Niffle side, Creed and Yildur are alive.
0: Yeah, um, Gunthro is definitely as, dead. As
1: don't know what the deal with Fjorm is, so... <laughs>
0: She is she, living in our mind and hearts and paralogues, my good friend.
1: In, in Forging Bonds.
0: Yes, and well, basically any side in chapters. All, all really. her
1: cough and is missing since, you know, she was allegedly dying from the Rite of Frost.
0: M- maybe the cough got retconned, I don't know.
1: Who knows, it's, you know, and I don't, wouldn't be surprised if air fills in with, with Fjorm or in place of Fjorm next year
0: she gets a cough at the end too and then mysteriously continues to live
1: i was more referring to just as someone (laughs) who keeps popping up through side stories and such
0: i'm just joking
1: (laughs) yeah so
0: yeah well who else do we got here what's who's next
1: uh we have gunthra beaming smile the almighty plot device from book two and oldest princess of niffle joins us in the summer banner Get it out for Aether Raids, Gunther is a colorless dagger cavalry unit with coconut drink drink in hand, ready to beam it at your head. Her Tropical Treats Plus grants attack resistance plus four if bonus from a skill like Rally or Hone is active. Honor, uh, pretty much the standard uh, base weapon for this summer, it seems. Um, it does also have the usual dagger debuff, which is now officially noted as a thing. Um, you know, it which is the real- debuff that reduces both the de- defensive stats after combat. Uh, this one being Dagger 7. So it reduces the stats by 7. Uh, she has a new offense ether Raid skill. A- uh, e- AR 0 Speed Resistance. Uh, which grants a growing bonus to speed and resistance based on the number of your opponent's structures that you destroy during an Aether Raid battle. Uh, essentially the fewer they have, the stronger buff Uh, capping at a plus 10 Uh, she also has rally defense resistance and disarm traps uh, or disarm trap filling out her skills so yeah she is kitted out for ether raids yeah and you have to do some serious inheritance to use her elsewhere
0: so yeah it seems like this unit as you said is the ether raids unit and I realized when I was uh, like going for her in the summon, it was kind of one of those things where, uh, like I said, I, I really like the Nifl characters in design and just their character alone, uh, their character design as well. I, I, so, yeah, but I look at this, it's like, uh, Ether Raids? Like, do I have enough accidentally gone after, sought after heroes where I can build like a true Ether Raids team? cuz i mean her skills sound cool and i mean there's always one hero we talk about that have ether raid type skills so maybe i've got enough now where i can actually go in and build a proper team um
1: yeah ever since they started doing the ether raid skills they've been at least one per banner they've been filling out another unit for that mm-hmm.
0: so. but yeah i don't know i'm not really sure and but the it is interesting that they keep bringing gunther back even though like you said they they certainly killed her off but i do not think before we even had a chance i think we met her once and she died in our arms is that correct we met her in person once mm-hmm.
1: she uh no no real uh polite way to say it she invaded our dr- dreams a number of times before then but <laughs> That's we only true. met her in person once
0: yeah like what are your thoughts on on these ether raid sort of characters? Like does that mean does that make you kind of wanna shy away even though you are a bit of a collector?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm the collector, especially on seasonal units. So I'm going to get at least all the seasonal units. But I have a number of them. I still haven't done much else with them and I haven't been great on inheriting skills off to other units. So I haven't really built them for other stuff yet either. So, I mean, if I wasn't the collector that I am, I, this is one I might consider dropping.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, not worrying about. Yeah. But it is one of those heroes we both got. Uh, so take it or leave it. There's your Ether Raid hero. We've also got... I don't know what I did there. Oh, you also got Leg Legurn, Burning Sun... While normally showing up to battle in a striking suit of armor, Legyern, the first princess of Moosebell, shows up to this beach party in a striking bathing suit. One so striking, we thought it may have disturbed the localization team's solid efforts so far. This blue-tone flying special unit wields World Sea Wave Plus into battle, which grants speed plus 3, and if unit's HP is greater than 50% and unit initiates combat... Is this a common thing you're, you're about to interrupt me with this. this Is this a common uh, weapon thing that I'm about to read? um no i believe that's uh I, I
1: think oh she does have a plus so i'm surprised by that but she has more of a unique weapon she doesn't have the same thing that the other three have <clears throat> uh, which is the attack resistance thing so she has a unique weapon i think it's like based on a another tome or a weapon out there
0: okay i just i felt a i felt a, I felt a correction it's all good nope uh but uh, yeah Uh,
1: i was checking to see if it actually did say it's a plus skill or not because i thought hers wasn't a uh yeah it looks like um serene's forest mislabeled it but it doesn't have a plus she has a unique tone
0: oh okay so it's not a plus so that's where the correction
1: was possibly sitting because yeah this can't be inherited it's unique to her so
0: so if it's a plus it can be inherited or am i like literally just yes
1: generally the pluses can be inherited Oh, okay. Um, this is a unique tome that cannot be inherited.
0: Gotcha. That's good to know. I I yeah, you're right. I do get these from Serene's Forest, so they might have made, they probably made a mistake there or they did. Um, but anyways, yeah, so uh World Sea Wave is, uh, is the weapon and if unit's HP is greater than 50% and unit is uh, sorry, I did this wrong again. HP is less than 50%? No, g- greater than is correct. Greater, greater? Okay, thank you. Greater
1: than or equal to
0: 50%. I was, okay, uh, I was doing a bunch of yard work before this, so I'm, I can't even read writing. Uh, HP is greater than 50%, and unit initiates combat. Unit can make a follow-up attack before foe can counterattack. Her brand new skill is an upgraded version called Swift Sparrow 3, where if unit initiates combat, grants attack plus 6 and speed, speed plus 7 during combat. Rounding out her kit... Is, sorry let me finish this Go off and finish and then you can <laughs> give me a, give me a second here rounding out her kit is repositioned as an assist flyer formation three in the b slot and hone flyers in the c slot okay eddie what's up
1: i was i should should have waited till you finish first but i was going to note swift sparrow three is a tier four skill so
0: oh but it's not a sp- swift sparrow four swift
1: Sparrow two uh-huh no um swift sparrow is one of those ones where you have to have like um uh i guess speed plus one or something like that before you can get to swiss sparrow right it's one of the ones that has stuff before you get to that one uh so it's a tier four skill
0: that's good to know because again like i yeah so it's a tier four skill swiss sparrow three uh because swiss sparrow two has been around for a while so it's it is a new skill upgraded version but it is important to know yeah tier four Which is very important. So I would say like this hero, this is the one that people have been talking about from a skill standpoint, right? In the sense that it having Swiss Barrow 3, that's the big, oh my gosh, that's the tier 4 skill for the banner. You know, is is that accurate?
1: She is probably the catch of the banner. Mm -hmm. Uh, She has the uh, unique weapon where everyone else has a... Hard to say generalized, but she kind of has, you know, everyone else has um, more or less basic things. She has a Tier 4 skill, and she does have all three A, B, C, N, C slots filled.
0: Mm -hmm. You
1: know, Uh, so she is probably what would be considered the catch of the banner. I don't know how her stats stack up to others. Um, But, yeah, it is probably safe to say she is probably the one to hunt for if you're gonna hunt for only one on the thing yeah
0: you know yeah i've definitely heard that her her yeah her skills have really popped out to um the subreddit especially people have been that that's what they were you know reacting to when the when the banner video did eventually come out out but uh yeah it's interesting to see that she's the one they put forward um but she's kind of a, a fan favorite being like the main princess yeah. that's sort of from this spell and she had a, a bit of a fiery end so to speak but um
1: Yep. Yeah. and you know looking at the uh game press this note notation of her you know apparently she has decent offensive stats mm-hmm. uh, you know her world sea wave is a identical to levin's forsetti or lewin's forsetti so it is same as another weapon but it is blue tome instead of um, you know, green tone that Lewin has. So, but she does have the limitations of being, you know, the flyer is a bonus, in a limitation, and low defensive stats apparently. But I was also double checking. You start with darting blow, and then you get swift sparrow. Ah, oh. uh, darting blow grants speed, and then you can get, you know, move up into swift sparrow, which is why the cap of swift sparrow used to be two, because you have to have a base skill. Then you move into the Sparrow line, and that's why the tier four version is three.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Um, okay, who do we have at the end of this banner? The, at least the banner.
1: Uh, that yep. Is. Rounding out the banner, we have Helbindi, Seaside Scourge, uh, bringing his uh, self-esteem, bringing the self-esteem level of the banner down a bit. Is Helbindi from Muspel? As certain as ever that he is a terrible person, nobody should ever be friends with. Despite proving himself wrong time and again with his actions, he joins the banner as a red sword infantry unit. Uh, he wields a sand shovel as a sword with his sand fort spade plus, having the um, standard bonus for this uh, banner or yeah, this the summer unit so far of attack res- resistance plus four when a bonus such as rally or hone is active, which Lagyun has a nice hone skill to help activate. Um, he has the red infantry version of the dual skill line, uh, which is the ones that boost your arena rating. Uh, although I heard some, from some, uh, one of the videos I was looking at, based on his um, stats, if you plus one of them, he doesn't need the dual skill anymore. Uh, so you might end up just foddering an extra one off if you have him to someone else so they can get that boost to their arena rating. Uh, he also comes with Rally, Attack, Defense Plus, and Panic Ploy to finish out his kit.
0: Yeah, and this is the hero that a lot of people thought was Donkey Kong, not a joke.
1: Yeah, some. I think they might have been. Oh, well. Doing a joke when they said they thought it was Donkey Kong.
0: They were joking. I'm not joking that people were joking about it. But you're right. It but, was. It was definitely. <laughs> it's definitely a joke. Um. Yeah, shovel. He's got a shovel, and I think that's cute. I think Hellbendy having a shovel is awesome, and the fact mm-hmm. that he has the dual skill because wasn't Hellbendy, you know, OG Hellbendy? He was kind of also like a, a an arena dual skill type hero. I think I think that's uh, the case, but it I might, might be.
1: have been. I'd have to look it up to double check. For some reason,
0: it's sticking out in my head, and I don't know why, but. Uh,
1: it might've been the muse who started bringing in those arena skills and he might've been one that originally had one of those.
0: Maybe but, I could be know. wrong, but I, I think he, he's certainly got some really cool art and the fact that he is the, the sole dude in this entire summer event so far. But I mean, that shouldn't really which come is as a so, surprise,
1: but just so shocking. Cause you know, they never have one dude and four women on the seasonal banners. Oh wait! They almost always
0: do. I know, yeah. I know. But he's he's such a good pick. Honestly, a lot of people were looking yeah. for Surter, but like I don't want to see that guy again. He's the bad guy. He's the ultimate bad guy. Hellbendy. He deserves a second unit.
1: You know, while well, well, some could argue that his built-in skills are a little lacking, uh, can't argue, can't quite fully argue that you know they're the worst on the banner if you aren't going to inherit anything.
0: Yeah, you think it's yeah, their arena if skill. You don't-
1: like- ether raids
0: yeah so so it's interesting that on this special banner you've got two units that kind of have these like mode specific things and that kind of cuts your interest it's, in half really if you're not into those type of modes
1: it doesn't it doesn't it's kind of you know um is pushing the other modes and pushing st- I see pushing for more money, but I'm not sure if they're that worried about it. But it puts these skills on more limited units. Mm-hmm. Uh, like y- you are correct that the green dual infantry did originally uh, start on orig- uh, classic Helbindi, so him having red Duel kind of makes sense since he's a red unit. Um, but like you know, a lot of these etherade offense and stuff. Well, about half of them are probably on seasonal units only, so you know, if you really if you don't want Gunthra in your Aether Raid team, but you want that uh, speed resistance Aether Raid boost, then you gotta spend money to get either, you either don't care about Gunther and fodder her off, or you spend money to get another Gunthra or, you know with this being the first one with Red Duel Infantry, if you want that Red dual Infantry for, say, Classic Mirth, who probably has somewhat low stats being a launch unit. You know? You gotta get a spare Helbindi and fodder him off. Yeah. I definitely so see
0: what you're saying in, in the sense that, like, these are... These skills, if you're into those modes, offer you the way to go after the hero in the banner and then use it as, as a um, inherent... Sort of thing to to boost your favorite heroes to use them across all modes or some modes depending on how many slots they have open.
1: You know, I mean, I'm always hesitant to fodder off any five star, much less, you know, special hero five stars. I usually merge most of my extra five stars. Yeah. Unless I'm specifically looking for a skill.
0: Well, you and I worked both, (laughs) worked so hard to get the heroes we did get, and, like, I couldn't imagine, you know, inheriting my only 5 star in 160 orbs so uh, yeah, yeah that, happen that
1: too and there's just you know I'm, I'm the collectionist so you know I want my catalog as easy to fill up as possible and having to wait for the specific legendary banner that has that uh, you know rerun of that seasonal hero or wait for a full year kind of would drive me crazy Mm-hmm. has in the past. so.
0: Yep, yeah, I agree. Uh, and while rounding out this first wave of Summer Heroes, is the uh, Yogur Breaking the Ice, the youngest of the Nifl princesses, jumps in on the Summer Fun as a free Tempest Trials Plus special unit. Yogur is a Green Axe Infantry unit wielding Shoreline Rake, maybe plus if I uh, copy that wrong, yeah. We're, no, it is plus. Okay, perfect. Shoreline Rake Plus, where if a bonus granted by a skill like Rally or Hone is active on unit, grants attack slash defense plus four during combat. Rest of her kit includes Luna as a special, Flashing Blade 3 in the A slot, and even Defense Wave 3 in the C slot. So, our free unit, another Niffle unit, to sort of try to balance the, the scales here, Yilger, uh the youngest of the princesses how do you feel about this uh you know sandbox totem young one being the free unit is there any other characters you would have liked to see from the uh, niffle muspel sort of catalog
1: um there's a part of me that feels like even uh next year we're not going to get uh any fjorm units Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe we will unless they introduce some more uh characters um, or not me spelling, um, Hellion characters, uh, more Hell units, because we currently have, uh, uh, Dark Alphonse and, or Leaf and, um, what's her name? Oh, I don't know.
0: or something. Yeah,
1: Thresher or Thresher, Thrasher. uh, you know, as the only two units other than Hell and, um, air and i don't see and we'll probably get hell like we got um surter mm-hmm. unless we don't defeat her or we don't have an option to get her but you know surter hasn't gotten a refresh so it's unlikely and he's the one i would at least want to see in a summer outfit um
0: <laughs> you don't think he'd make he'd look good but, in a in a surter like moosebill cod piece you don't think that would be good
1: now, now i've got to go
0: no don't look it up don't look the, it
1: up the first i've got to go watch the first blade to scrub <laughs> that image from my mind
0: <laughs> uh co-
1: co- coat it with blood
0: yeah there we are uh no i i i think it's you know we've gotten a yogurt special unit have we not am i i feel like we have yes
1: we got a um i think a new year's yogur special unit and essentially where i was trying to go is i don't I could be wrong, but I don't see Fjorm getting a summer unit next year. No. Even though we just got Bridal Fjorm, I would have kinda of would have liked to see a summer Fjorm. Um, yeah.
0: I think that's know. yeah, it makes sense, you know, as a I main character. I
1: don't foresee getting a summer Fjorm next year.
0: No. And you're thinking they move away from, you know, book two characters for the next wave. You think they're gonna go yeah. old school?
1: Oh, I think there'll be book three characters next.
0: Oh, you think so? That's your uh, that's your speculation, a little hint at the future weeks? You think it'll be
1: I mean we got book uh, two heroes or characters throughout this year mm-hmm. popping up on various banners. Oh various I meant banners. next
0: I meant the next uh, next month's summer heroes.
1: Oh, next month no, I think they're there's a chance that they might do Fjorm as the Tempest trial from next month, but I don't see them going especially on the summer banner going with no classic characters
0: yeah you know people would probably be Um, a little frustrated by that
1: i mean as much as i still want my summer lissa uh i have pie in the sky hopes on that an alternative for that which are probably not going to come true but well let's uh, discuss later but as much as i want my summer lissa I don't think it's going to be Awakening, and I would much rather actually get some alts for the Jugdrawl heroes, since we don't have any yet. You know, which would be the Genealogy heroes. I looked through, after someone mentioned in Discord, and confirmed that, yeah, they have ab- absolutely no alts for any of the Genealogy heroes.
0: Yeah. Mm. It would be nice to so, see some alts for no, the Genealogy No seasonal
1: alts, yeah.
0: Yeah. We've got a... Um... Isn't Reinhardt, he's got two versions, right? It's probably the uh, closest. Yeah, but
1: he's Thracian. He is Jigdral, uh that land. Right. He's Thracian, not genealogy. And it's not even a seasonal version. It is just a second version of him and Olin. But, you know, it would be kind of nice to see some seasonal alts of the lesser, representative, lesser represented games. It'd be a nice especially Especially since there's going to be probably a far less chance of getting them throughout the rest of the year. I guess seasonal-wise they might show up, but, you know, there is a good chance that bi-monthly through the rest of the year we're going to get three houses.
0: Yeah, I think three houses is going to dominate, but I think it would be nice to get some genealogy heroes. Um... Yeah, really cool. So check out those summer units. You'll have until August to get uh, most of them. Yilgur will pop into the game tomorrow for a couple weeks, your chance to grab uh, her from Tempest Trials. Let's move into Speculation Corner. We already hinted at this, but who is going to be the next Legendary Hero? And uh, Eddie, you've got some thoughts.
1: Uh, Well, it's one crazy thought that's unlikely. Uh, When I look back at our uh, list that we keep, uh, running for the, uh, word speaks, not working today. For the uh, Legendary Heroes, mm-hmm. um, I think it's highly likely that we're going to get a colorless unit. Uh, the reason I think this is because we have uh, six units confirmed for this banner. We have two in blue, two in green, one in red, and one in um, colorless. Uh, The reason I think it's going to be colorless over red is because next month, in July, we actually have seven units already confirmed. We have two in blue, green, and colorless, but only one in red. So I think next month we're going to get a red unit. Uh, So I think this month we're more likely to get a colorless unit. Could be completely wrong, because Alm is already a colorless unit, so... Maybe they'll want to spread out the pair-up abilities, and we'll have two red heroes in a row. But, you know, with potentially being colorless, I would not mind a a legendary Lissa.
0: Have we ever gotten a legendary hero or a a mythic hero? Or, sorry, not hero, healer is what I meant to say.
1: No, we have not gotten any legendary healers.
0: (laughs) You did the same thing I did. I know but, it's like
1: any legendary healers and part of that I think is you know it's a little more complicated to try and do a healer as a legendary era
0: yeah no I, I but, see that I it would be nice to see them know. try but I mean I hate to put Lissa down but do you do you feel like there's another healer out there that could kind of rise above and no I'm not talking about Riss the discord just getting ahead of that <laughs> um do you feel like there's another healer that could kinda pop a, above the rest for a legendary if, hero?
1: If it, if it was risk, the memes would be so bad.
0: They would be bad. Um
1: To be honest, no clue. Yeah. You know, I don't know much about the healers from earlier games. Um I uh Yeah, I don't can't think of any that pop out of my mind uh Li- elise lissa and uh sakura are the three most likely in my mind
0: mm-hmm. healers. elise isn't a bad one yeah. i mean she she's she probably but then she, i put her on par with lissa in terms of like importance in both their games i'd maybe even put maybe yeah, you know i
1: mean and one might argue elise and lissa or not lissa sakura are slightly higher than lissa because you know they are technically royals of their game mm-hmm. but then again so sort of is Lissa she just it's not as big a deal that she and Crom are siblings per se uh, maybe they could do Emeryn um, which was Crom's older sister uh, who sort of died early in the game
0: Damn, I was going to say I don't remember her is she, the, is she some sort of queen or something that we see off screen she
1: was in charge of the country at the start of the game um halfway through she uh what's his name uh the guy running late or plegia where henry comes from is trying to kill her and she sacrifices herself or is trying to sacrifice her she sacrifices herself to stop the war or something um so she, like, jumps off a cliff, but, like, in one of the paralogs after you beat the game or near the end of the game or might have been one of the pre-downloadable paralogs they l- released, you get to pick her up. She's, like, lost her memory from the fall or something like that.
0: Oh. Okay. So. She'd make a good fit I in terms of... think
1: she was a healer. I could be wrong, but, you know.
0: You never know. Well, um, I hey, fingers crossed. I'm cheering for you, buddy. Maybe it will be Lissa. Legendary Lissa yeah. coming soon, hopefully maybe. But uh as we should as see. I
1: wish it would be, yeah. Uh, not holding my breath.
0: No, definitely don't do that. That would be unhealthy. But uh you know, nothing wrong with crossing a few fingers. But uh let's let's mosey on over into the outrealm gate because we're running late here. Uh we've got some three yes. houses news that Eddie I think is worth sharing. can you go over this little tidbit yeah. that you found?
1: Uh, well, we know, uh, did find out uh, there were some more Famitsu articles and other stuff coming out regularly. Um, I usually use Serenes Force to keep up on that. And uh, of note in the artic- uh, reading through their articles, um, weapons don't break in three houses. At least, not in the way they do in games like Fates, and, or not Fates, um, Awakening and older games. Instead, once they run out of stamina, they go into a weak state. Then you use like blacksmithing stones, or maybe they'll be named whetstones or something, uh, at a blacksmith to repair them back to full durability. And with that, you can also forge the weapons to upgrade them and increase the amount of durability and possibly damage and other factors uh, based on it. So that's a nice little tidbit. So, you know, which kind of is nice and helpful. It'll in theory, save you money, depending on how hard to get the blacksmith stones are with your, um, skills eating up, uh, weapon durability, as opposed to, um, health.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Like it did in Echoes. Uh, the other little thing I noticed was that, um, there was a confirmation that the professor stuff continues into the war phase, is renamed to training, which kind of makes more sense, which is kind of what i suspected might happen is that you know after whatever happens during the five year gap you uh become the you know you train the armies of the country that you whose house you sided with yeah so
0: that makes it's really good to get that i mean honestly we assume that was the case but it's good that they've basically not released yeah i have like, they release the information, or they cover the information. It hasn't necessarily... You know, the English side of things don't re- doesn't really get the attention that the Japanese side is getting. Yeah. Um, and there aren't official translations. And it's really just... For a long
1: time, you know, the Japanese side was the side that was most playing the game.
0: True. Well, it was a Japanese-only so. series for a good portion of its early, early years, right?
1: Um, I don't know how long it took to get Shadow Dragon brought to the U.S., or brought less but yeah stayed pretty heavily japanese for the first you know after uh shadow dragon It might have stayed fully japanese until fire emblem one came out and then shadow dragon got brought out as a re-release so
0: Mm -hmm. well i i i look forward to the three houses and i feel like these little tidbits that you're picking apart are are, uh are good to know because it's questions we've been asking so definitely appreciate yeah the
1: it. yeah the whole professor thing was a nice little thing to know because it was either you know half the gameplay gets removed when you get to the second half of the game or they figure out some way to keep it going and that was kind of the way i was figuring they could use to keep it going
0: no yeah it makes sense uh, well, let's talk about Game Club because we've got some Fire Emblem Fates Conquest to talk about. Now, Eddie's made a little note oh. here, which I think is worth mentioning. That we might slow down just a little bit with Three Houses coming out in late July, uh, but we'll definitely try to keep pace this month. At, well, this upcoming month until Three Houses comes out. But the, you, you, you kind of figure that's the case. Once Three Houses comes out, you know I mean? we might, you know, we might slow down a bit
1: right now we're trying to do two chapters a week
0: um at least two
1: chapters uh we might extend it if we get through those first two chapters early on but with the paralogues and the way uh work has been uh these past couple weeks I'm not holding my breath on that but yeah we um yeah have that we get the um so once three houses comes out I know I'm probably going to be playing a good bit of it so yeah there's a good chance that i'll be so fire emblemed out at some times that i might be a little slow in doing two chapters so we'll probably drop to one once three houses one a week once three houses comes out Mm -hmm. and one one every two weeks
0: yeah and we've already talked a bit about three houses and then we'll probably touch on it every once in a while as we're playing it i mean both eddie and i will be playing at probably different paces but we'll still have you know shared experiences to talk about and um We'll, we're yeah, definitely going
1: to work. Yeah. The way I figure we'll be doing three houses is, you know, we'll discuss up to where the one who hasn't got who's progressed the least in the story uh, of our thoughts and as playing through our first time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense for sure. Uh, but let's uh, get into this conquest stuff because we got chapters fourteen and fifteen. In chapter 14, we reach the opera house in Circensia, and after a mysterious singer causes Garen discomfort, we fend off a group of Hoshidans looking to kill Garen to end the war. After successfully defeating them, Garen orders you to kill the singer since the one who is singing escaped. Leo stops you from continuing to argue with Garen and tells you that he and the others have made an art of thwarting their father under his nose and that he will help do any or sorry, everything he can to minimize the innocent deaths. As you finish your conversation, your sword evolves into the grim Yato, which uh, was a prophecy that the savage or, um, rainbow sage, rainbow sage earlier on. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you want to cha- talk chapter by chapter? Do you want to go... uh you want to talk on the story of 15? Maybe we can
1: discuss this chapter, then discuss chapter 15, unless you want
0: no, to cover
1: it. both the story sections.
0: Let's talk about chapter 14. So this one was interesting because I think the revelation about the Norian kids was something that you didn't really get a lot of in Birthright. Uh I don't... Well, yeah, but...
1: I mean, Birthright, you sided against them, so it kind of makes sense that you know you don't get to see that they're actually you know you see a bit of it but you don't you're fighting against them just like in this one if you look at the hoshidans i mean other than ryoma they're kind of unreasonable and yeah especially takumi yeah yeah gonna kill you for not siding with us
0: well aware it's all your fault you know he's a bit of a dink so um yeah, no, that's a good point, that's, and
1: that's a polite way to phrase it. Yeah, I know.
0: Uh, I, that's a really good point in the sense that in in each of these games, Birthright and Conquest, we really do get the other side of the coin, and the other side is completely like against us. Like they they turn yeah. it into an us versus them fight, and and uh, that was definitely the case in Birthright, as you were trying to basically win by taking out Nor. And then in no, this one... I
1: will note that they are kind of different. Because, you know, in this one, like, um, Hinoka, well, aside from Takumi being Takumi, Hinoka, in the um, chapter with uh, where she was at the Rainbow Sage, she was trying to protect the Rainbow Sage from us allegedly, in her claim. You know, and Ryoma, when you bump into him in Chapter 12, he's gonna beat you up to take you home to Hoshido whether you like it or not he's not straight up trying to kill you for not siding with hoshido
0: no no he's not but i think that in the next chapter uh and and chapters beyond i think we're going to see that behavior change (laughs) you know um and we'll Um,
1: their behavior might not change but your response to it might seem to change or might change
0: yeah well we'll we'll talk about that a bit but um any any other thoughts on chapter 14?
1: Uh, not much. I mean, I kind of saw hints of this in the uh, prologue chapters, the first ship six chapters when, you know, as Leo pointed out in, their, in the conversation, you know, I helped you save Kaz and Rinka early on by looking to kill them, but only knocking them to the edge of death, but not quite fully killing them. And then Xander worked with them to... Have him taken straight to his room instead of off to be buried or burned or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, kind of suspected this was here. It was nice to get a confirmation of all that. Yeah.
0: yeah, and I think it works well for for these here for the for us to understand that the Nor characters aren't all evil. It's just their father that is evil, and the kids somehow miraculously all you know, usually when someone is, is raised by uh, a, t- a character like Garen, like maybe, and we do get some revelations that maybe Garen wasn't always this bad, but the fact that they were raised by Garen and he's this evil person, and they're all, you know, somewhat sweet and, you know, trying to keep the peace, uh, it it shows really good character that they're good characters all along, but honestly, where they, where they picked up this, you know, this... Uh, this positive nature it must be the mom that had passed away right that had maybe shared some of those positive maybe, sentiments you know, the
1: mother or mothers that passed away i don't know if all the norians have the same mother or have different mothers um so true yeah, that was probably part of it um it's definitely an interesting situation
0: mm-hmm. so what happens in 15
1: Uh, Well, in chapter 15, um, you know, uh, your character is off mulling over what is going on and spots Azura walking out into a lake and ends up diving down a wormhole in a lake with Azura and finds herself in a hidden worm. And when you get there, you know, one of the kind of Shadow People shows up, starts to attack you, and Gunter shows up to save you. Uh, find out that, um, you know, you Azura's like, we need to get out of here, so you start the map. It's just the three of you. So, any characters you've been working on, hope you had worked Azura up a decent amount. If not, better keep her back. Uh, but there isn't a, a Dragon Vein early on that allows you to split into two bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you Because you have two options of winning the map, either defeat the boss or escape within 20 turns. Uh, But you gotta be careful if you split into two bodies because they're quite literal in that where the duplicates share a health pool with you, and they don't have any of their special skills like singing. So yeah, you gotta be careful because you might end up losing the character if you're not cautious, since you're sharing health pools.
0: Well, that or, or straight up losing the map because if Corrin dies, like the whole thing goes sure. south, right? And and there are only three characters in this one. And I honestly, this this uh, this map, this specific setup, was really a good showcase of what makes Conquest different from Birthright, and that it was a completely different mechanic of which I hadn't experienced in a Fire Emblem game before. I really liked the mirroring; I thought that was really neat, and yep. the fact I, that. I got- well, you right. had mentioned that the Azura doesn't have her sing in the mirror. Uh, that would explain why she kept pairing yeah. up with my characters. I'm like, why the heck do you keep pairing it I want you to sing. I must have misclicked. But no, that makes a lot more sense now.
1: Yeah, I saw her trying to pair up, and I'm like, wait, no, that's not what I want to do. Why aren't you singing for them? And then I put her next to it, and yeah, she doesn't have sing. I didn't actually look at her um, st- uh, her list and see that maybe the skills are not there at all. But, you know, she couldn't sing. Um, it seemed like she wasn't doing any healing, but class regular Azura was. So, yeah, because I didn't realize they shared a health pool, um, I nearly had uh, my uh, my Corin die on me. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite get that far, but all the um, uh, dagger wielders kept coming in, throwing their daggers at me, doing zero damage, even after I had the stat debuff on me but they would have the skill after battle where it would knock my health down by six points a turn or six points in an attack. It's like, oof, that's getting rough. Uh, it does. Luckily, it does give your characters a Vulnery and you know, one of the healing potions.
0: Yeah, as so, you defeat some of the characters, they drop a lot of vulnerabilities, but also some other stuff too, but... Um, yeah. I think I didn't so, even realize that they they shared a health health pool until I kind of like clued in at the very end because I would heal. I was like, why I didn't realize because I've been skipping combat because I've been playing these these chapters way later than I should be and skipping combat and then realizing oh I must have got hit so I'd use a vulner vulnerability that I that I found. Um,
1: yeah, and, I, I like I said early on, I went one path on the bottom route with the replicas mm-hmm. where my Corrin was, you know, getting, without her ability to throw defensive weapons back, was getting hit by, like, three or four dagger wielders, each of which is knocking her health down by, like, five or six after combat, but not doing any damage on the actual attack. And then I look at my main unit, and I know I didn't get hit, but my health is extremely low. What's going on here? And I realize... Oh, they share a health pool. Which means, you know, uh, real Azura's uh, healing when you're within a certain amount of space helps out, hmm. but if you get to hit, too, hit wow. too hard too quickly, you could end up losing someone.
0: Well, especially if you're leaving your corn or your Gunter out on both sides. You know?
1: Well, I was keeping them close together, and once I realized that Oh, we share a health pool. I was a bit more cautious.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a really cool map, and honestly, one of the most story uh, continuing, you know, uh, chapters because yeah, it, it very pretty, story heavy. Yeah, Gunter's back, so he didn't die. He actually, you know, fell through this hole and, and as well.
1: At at the end, he explains, you know, when he fell down the um, uh, fell down the bottomless canyon. He, you know, woke up here. Had these things start attacking him. Then eventually Azura found him. Uh, helped, him helped him learn how to hide and sneak about. Because he was near death when she first found him. So, But shortly after that is when Azura got kidnapped by the Hoshidans. And this was the first chance she had to return. And apparently there's something special about you that allows you to travel through water... Like she, excuse me, like she does. Because she tried to bring Gunther back the first time she found him. But he couldn't go with her through the water.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so so that's something, I, I can't remember in Birthright if they hinted a bit at the fact that Azura and Corrin have this special tie. But this is a very clear connection. And Azura knows something that she's not sharing with Corrin. Um
1: I played the first chapter or two of Revelations and you get a bit more explanation about uh where you just were and all that, this hidden world. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't recall any, in element I never did fully finish, but I don't recall in Breath Rate any hint at the hidden world other than the possessed Takumi that you save you encounter on one map.
0: Hmm. So well it's uh and and at the end they kind of show uh goopy face garen we get the true yes, showcase get to see, of garen
1: we can see that garen's soul has been melted or wiped out and there's some evil goopy face creature playing as him or something
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know which is why he's so evil
0: yeah he just he's melted and who who wouldn't and, be upset
1: Yep, Korin and Azura come to the decision that the best way to defeat him, per se, is to do as he asks, conquer Hoshido, and have him sit on the Hoshidan throne, which will reveal his true nature to everyone and allow your siblings to understand what's going on.
0: Right. It seems like a... Okay, this is where I kind of got really kind of frustrated in the sense that that seems like a really silly strategy wouldn't it be easier to just take him out well the theory
1: behind that is if you just take him out uh most likely your siblings are going to kill you for killing their father because as far as they know it's still their father it's not some evil entity that has taken over his body
0: true but then like so now you're just why. gonna piss off the Hashidans. Like how do you how do you bring peace? Like she's she's gonna have you know, Corrin's gonna have to bring peace through war, which is what she's been trying to avoid all this time.
1: Yeah, I mean it's not a if you want my honest opinion, I think it's because they wanted the three different modes or three different versions of the game. Right. You know? You have one's Birthright where it makes sense that you're fighting and attacking more because, you know, they're an evil, oppressive thing and they've gone too far, finally. Mm-hmm. You know, Conquest where you're trying to fix it from the inside and then Revelations where I understand, is where you properly and fully save the world by not choosing a side. So it's yeah it's not perfect it's abnormal but it is what it is
0: yeah and we'll see how it progresses in the next couple chapters as we try to move game club through to chapters 16 and 17 in just a couple weeks um we'll talk about paralogs next time as we have run out of time for this episode of summoners call
1: generally trying to cover the paralogs when both of us have done them well true i have a nice list of ones that i've completed um you're a little further behind than i am i think
0: yes that is the case
1: that's also because i've been hopping into the um dlc experience map to
0: work on those bonds Mm-hmm. Well, that's good I, I it's one thing i am you know sort of behind on and i wish i could i need to get some more uh some more bonds set up i i'm i'm i think i got a couple close so we'll be getting there soon
1: yeah and it's a bit harder for you because, you know, unless you, like I, have the DLC where you can find some extra battles to fight in, the Conquest side of things has a lot less time to do that in.
0: Yep, for sure. All right, folks, that's going to do it. Visit us on the web at com slash fay. Email the show, Faye at com. Check out the Fire Emblem channel and the Gamers in Discord at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. Follow us on Twitter. You can find myself at ArmourFee, Eddie at Drowfear, and don't forget to follow at TheGamersIn for show updates. That's going to do it for this episode of Summoner's Call. Have a great week and happy summoning.